In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the dominion of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the paths of the Lord. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him in all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. With a winnowing fork in hand, he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat in the, into the greenery, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It feels like when we move into the season of Advent, we also move into a season of themes. Themes of holly and joy, themes of Christmas markets and festivities, decorations, themes of family gatherings and grand meals. Even church can become a natural flow in this theme, understanding what verses will be read to prepare us for the coming of baby Jesus, how many candles will be lit, all the way down to understanding the different colors that are used to represent Advent. There are endless themes we experience during this waiting time for Jesus in this season, although a unique time during our years it soon blends into a natural season of routine and themes. And like any routine, we begin to become numb to what Advent is truly calling us to do. So it only seems fitting we meet John the Baptist on this second Sunday in Advent to disrupt this natural flow of the season, breaking our typical theme. John, the one who wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and his food was locusts and wild honey. Yes, John, the one who cries out in the wilderness as people flock to him to listen. John, the perfect Advent guide whose instructions for preparation of the Lord are condensed into one word. Repent. Now, it's important to note here, repentance is a bold claim made by John, and there needs to be some explanation of this word. 
Repentance is often at times thought as only being or saying sorry for past sins, having regret or remorse for the said sins, a theme of sorriness and guilt. But for John, repentance is far more than this. For him, it is a turning away from our past way of life in the inauguration of a new life with God. So when today we read about John's call to repentance, it is an invitation to not only those in the text, but to us today to make a radical turn from the world we have known so that we might see the kingdom of heaven in our midst currently. This, this is the theme John gives us today, repentance. It's a hard theme to have during this season, so John's warning to the Pharisees and Sadducees is also a warning to us today. Now, I would like to think that these Pharisees and Sadducees wanted to change if they were coming to hear John preach in the wilderness. Remember, Pharisees and Sadducees are religious leaders who followed closely to their own beliefs. So maybe they just wanted to learn more about the teachings John was giving, or maybe they saw the gathering of people in the wilderness and were just curious and wandered to it. But rather, John knows they have heard about the coming judgment of the Lord and were there to listen as a sort of safe hold or as an insurance policy to hold their place for what could possibly be coming. Regardless of their reasons, they had their own theme of fear and assurance rather than our theme of repentance. In John, he calls them out, the Pharisees and Sadducees, out in verse 7. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestors. The Pharisees and Sadducees rely on the past of their lineage with Abraham as well as getting baptized as a safeguard for the coming judgment. Again, they had their own theme of fear and assurance, and they are only partly turning, turning only out of fear of not being enough or doing enough, and they completely miss the kingdom in their midst. They weren't understanding that to turn from their world to God's kingdom wasn't based off of how many sermons they heard, how many good works they have occurred during their life, knowing enough about scripture, or just simply saying sorry for their sins. They forgot that none of that matters in the kingdom of God that is coming. That in God's kingdom, a wolf sleeps with a lamb, A bear and a cow graze in the same field, and a nursing child plays with a snake. Again, our theme of repentance is here because we must repent to catch a glimpse of God's kingdom. And to tell you the truth, God's kingdom doesn't make much sense to us today. And this is hard to hear to find these moments of God's kingdom breaking through into our world because God's kingdom just simply is confusing. Because for us, it might be easier to imagine a wolf sleeping beside a lamb 
than elected officials working it together for the common good of the people. It might be easier for us to imagine a bear and a cow eating in the same pasture than to imagine the climate crisis being reversed by human efforts. It might be easier to imagine a child playing with a snake than imagining broken families coming together to resolve past traumas. Yes, in God's kingdom, our natural way of thinking about the state of our world simply doesn't make sense. Our thinking of, if we do good for the world, God will surely love us more in our life. If we pray that one extra time, God will bring us favor. This is unnatural thinking in the kingdom. Because in God's kingdom, God's love isn't contingent on good behavior. This is the point in, of love of Christ coming into the world, to embody love so we may experience it firsthand among our own messiness of our everyday life. This love isn't only for the selected few who did good works in their lives. It is for each and every one of us. In God's kingdom, we are called to be new shoots of life emerging from tree stumps that we think don't deserve new life and to bear fruits worthy of our repentance in this kingdom. Yes, we must start to turn away from our world to find those glimpses of the kingdom. And this is no easy turning to do, considering the kingdom that I've been talking about and the kingdom that we are waiting for now and the one that John speaks about has yet to come. We, like those in the reading today, are still awaiting for the arrival of Jesus' second coming, waiting for this kingdom to fully come to us now. Again, waiting, the theme we had last Sunday, the theme that surrounds Advent. Yes, we are waiting for this kingdom. Don't hear this, though, and think if the kingdom isn't here yet, I can sit idle waiting for the arrival. And when the day comes, then I will do something. This is not a part of John's message of repentance today, nor is it part of his theme. In this waiting, we must try to start making a radical turn to witness these glimpses of the kingdom. And as we wait, we repent so that we can start turning to this kingdom. Because when we find the moments in our lives to turn, we surely will see those glimpses. In these moments, they can feel small. Moments of maybe asking someone out to coffee you have been in disagreement with. Moments of sharing your gifts and worship with singing, reading, or communion. I'm sorry, I had to say it. Moments of picking up a piece of trash you see on the streets and throwing it away. Yes, indeed, small moments, but moments where you are making a radical break from this life and finding the glimpses of the kingdom and ushering it in. And of course, there will be the bigger moments, don't get me wrong, in life where you feel yourself turning completely around calling out the injustices of a system designed to trap immigrants, forming groups to enact change in global climate laws, standing up for those who are silenced. Big moments where you are making a radical break from this life and finding the glimpses of the kingdom. 
But we must, dear people, recognize that it is unrealistic to turn fully into the kingdom because the kingdom hasn't come yet. And understanding we are human and we will also cause ourselves and others to turn away from the kingdom, we must always remember to keep our faces placed. Moments of cursing in your head because the person in line in front of you unloading groceries is just taking too long. Moments where you quickly judge a neighbor based off of what they wear. Moments you bring down a coworker because of their recent success. These are moments which force us to continue in our old ways, snuffing the glimpses of the kingdom before us. We will live in this balance of staying stuck in our old ways and the ways of trying to turn to the kingdom. This is not an either-or situation because the world we live in, we will always be turning one way or the other with different variations of how far we turn. And it is here in these moments, the moments when we feel we have failed to find the glimpses of the kingdom, in the moments we have turned to witness the kingdom, we must remember that we too were washed in the waters of forgiveness of baptism and are made anew. It's no mistake that John the Baptist was baptizing the people who were confessing their sins in our reading today. It is a reminder to us that we must remember our very own baptisms. It is through our baptism, God's love is for all. All who fall short of turning, all who miss the glimpses of the kingdom, all who stumble along the way, and all who usher in the kingdom. When you shower, remember your baptism. When you fill a glass of water, remember your baptism. When you wash the dishes, clean your face. When you feel the rain upon your skin, remember you are forgiven in a part of God's kingdom. And it is in this forgiveness, the radical breaking in of the kingdom comes and we slowly start to feel ourselves turning. And this is a beautiful remembrance for us. Every time you come into contact with the water, remind yourself God forgives you and the kingdom is near. We just need to find those glimpses of it now. And when we find and see and saw out those glimpses of the kingdom and we catch sight of it, everything changes. How do we know? Listen to the words of Paul in his letter read today from the middle of verse 5 about how our turning will change us. Live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus so that together you may with one voice glorify the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you. Through our repentance, we will welcome one another as Christ has welcomed us, so we may all live in harmony with each other. Through our repentance, each day we will have moments of finding glimpses of the kingdom, and through our repentance and remembrance of baptism, we put on the armor of Christ that we have heard about in the past, and we reflect to the world what the love of God means in the kingdom to come. Through our repentance, 
we are forgiven. It feels like when we move into the season of Advent, we also move into a season of themes. Themes of baptism and forgiveness, themes of the kingdom to come and waiting. So only seems fitting to meet John the Baptist today to be disrupted into his theme. Repent. Repent.